let me first start by kind of sharing some, some personal uh, stories about fatherhood. I, I have a, a 10-year-old son and a, a 7-year-old daughter. Um, and just preparing for this message even, I just was recalling um, just the amazing moment it was about 10 years ago when, um, when I held that, held a baby. Uh, and it just, I, I think it's just a miracle that it's just available to just about all of us. And how here is someone who is a part of my wife and a part of me and someone who's utterly dependent on me. And just, just the spectrum of emotions, um, just the incredible joy and excitement. And at the same time, a little, it was nerve wracking and a little uh, anxiety there about, oh my goodness, now I'm a father. And how am I gonna, how am I gonna take care of this, th th this child? So, um, but you know, at that moment, I really sensed a slice of perhaps what God feels about all of us, that, that God cherishes all of us in his arms and that he longs to take care of us. Now, even with the, the range of emotions, I, I did make a promise. I said, uh, you know, you read all the books and everything, but when it gets to that moment, it really is still a whole other ballgame. And I did make a promise to, to my children that I'll be the best father I can be. I mean, I know exactly what it, that means at that moment, but that, um, and I'm gonna to touch on this toward the end about, about that whole process. Um, I also wanna share briefly about my own father. Um, you know, my father was about my age when we literally just left everything in Korea, immigrated to you know, the United States, landed in Chicago, and you know, he primarily did it for us, did it for the kids and the opportunity that would be afforded us here in, in America, you know, education and otherwise. Um, and I just think about how, what a courageous and a bold move that was. And would I consider taking our family right now, going halfway around the world um, for my child, for my children? And it's daunting. Um, and so, you know, my dad, I am who I am mostly because of how my dad raised me. And all the great qualities, um, just the, the honor, the respect, hard work, uh, loyalty, uh, and just gave me a firm direction in life. Um, now, one thing he, wasn't, he didn't have the opportunity to do is to give us uh, a spiritual uh, guidance. You know, we didn't believe in God when we left Korea, and so he himself became a believer late in life. Um, so the one thing, one of the few things I will improve upon my dad is that I will raise my children with the love of God, and with the love of Jesus. Um, I want to share just one story. Um, my princess, my seven-year-old princess, um, you know, we got into the habit of uh, just, just praying for her before, you know, at the end of every day. And you know, it's the whole routine of you know, just changing, getting ready for bed. And, and um, you know, as I tuck her in, I, you know, just, uh, just pray over her, and you know, just, just an amazing privilege that is. Well, this one particular night, I was just praying over her, and you know, again, you can just sense her just calming down, her eyes closing, and just her, her body just relaxing, and breathing slowing down. And so that particular evening, I was just so overwhelmed, and I was just, after I 
prayed our usual prayer. I just kind of started to pray kind of silently and just kind of thought to myself. And, you know, her eyes were closed, and I thought she was asleep. But then, oh, and, and by the way, and, and we taught her all the different components of prayer, right? And we taught her that amen means I agree. So, you know, sometimes when we even when we take turns, if she pray, I say amen, and I pray, and she say amen. So, again, that night, as I was just finishing my prayer and then just was silently just kind of pausing, she said, Daddy, I can't agree with you if you pray silently. <laughs> and I said, I was, I was just kind of jarred, thinking, oh my goodness. You know, it, it again was just an amazing experience for me because now I, f I feel like she understands. She understands what prayer is about and who God is. And um, now, I also want to share that all fathers, I, I strongly believe just about all fathers, when they begin, they all have good intentions. They all have great intentions. They all want the best for their children. Somewhere along the line, um, for a variety of reasons, we, we, we stray. And so again, in, so this Father's Day, I realize it can be difficult and challenging for some of us. Um, and again, if, if we had a father, kind of like my dad, if you had a father that provided for you, that cared for you, that you had no question um, he, he was for you um, and supported you, praise the Lord. Honor, honor and celebrate that. Um, even, you know, my brother-in-law sang the, the special song. You know, there's a line in there that says, perhaps we don't say I love you near enough. So, you know, again, if that is your situation, great. Now, again, but I do want to acknowledge that that may not be the case for all of us. That for some of us, perhaps it's the opposite. Um, and maybe even to an extreme, maybe some of us have no relationship with our fathers. Um, so today, I, as kind of the, um, the leader of the men's ministry and as a kind of vessel of God, you want to say, I'm sorry for that, because that is not what God intended. Um, the first song that we sang today, the worship song, we have a father that knows our name, that knows our every thought, and sees every tear that falls. And I want you to know that when you hurt, our God hurts. Um, I was also remembering that uh, um, when my son was about just a little less than two years old, um, he had uh, something called croup. I don't know if you're, you may be aware of it, but it's, it's kind of a very barking cough. It kind of comes at the tail end of a, a bad cold and could develop into asthma. And for two-year-olds, the guideline is that you really, there's very few medications, if at all, only for real emergencies you give them medication. And, so the doctor was telling us, you know, some of the best thing we can do is just, whether in a shower or outside, you know, San Francisco being, you know, cool and misty as it is, just being in a cool environment, uh, moist environment is the best thing. And so, you know, those couple nights, I remember, it was hard. You know, when your son had just, I think he coughed about two hours straight, and as I was holding him and just praying, that it will not get worse, that uh, 
God would heal him. Um, I, I say all that to really say that, you know, again, our Father, our Heavenly Father, our perfect Father, has the most amazing love for us. And that, again, in, in this Father's Day, again, just being a potentially a tough environment for some of us, I hope um, you would receive that. Um, let me just also explore briefly um, kind of the status quo, like what is going on just even in our current culture. I mean, I, we question, you know, is commitment even valued anymore? Um, people have, have kind of made mockery of it, really. Um, and there's you know, even this chicken and the egg problem, right? I mean, do we not value it because we've seen it broken all the time? Or do we choose to potentially just break it because, I don't know, do we subscribe? I hope we don't subscribe to that, to that philosophy of you know, promises are made to be broken. You know, people are just toss, toss things around like um, it's not that important. But we may not know what it really looks like but we can sure feel what a broken commitment is in our lives. And we just finished the whole series, um, The Hurts of Life, and much of that, I, I, I submit to you that much of that is because of the broken commitments in our lives. Um, I also wanna share just a brief story. You know, in the video, it was just, there, there was some tense moments there in the video, and there was one in particular that kind of got me, uh, just even, uh, I think it was a couple years ago, you know, my, when my son was about seven or eight years old, um, my wife and I were having a very animated discussion. Um, okay, it was, it was kind of an argument, I, but I even forget what we were even talking about. But all of a sudden we realized our son was just standing by the doorway. And all he said was just two words. He just said, no divorce. Yeah. And my wife and I realized that, oh my goodness, again, I don't forget what we're arguing about, but just perhaps the, the pitch and the tone of mom and dad just having a strong disagreement just kind of made him a little insecure. And even, even though we felt like we raised him in such a strong environment, it, again, what I'm trying to get to is that, you know, some of the broken commitments have repercussions. And I think some of those who are hurt the most are the, the next generation. All right. um, and so, again, is it, is it all the, the background, our experience, our pain? I mean, what prevents us from embracing a commitment? I want to just give you a, a few brief insights. As a, the leader of the men's ministry, um, there's, a, there's a great book called Raising Boys and how it talks about um, that men learn by modeling. That, I don't know if you've ever driven in snow, I mean, again, growing up in Chicago, or maybe you've driven to Tahoe, but after a big snowstorm, you have these grooves by, made by the car in front of you, and if you even just let the steering wheel go, your car will just kind of follow that groove. And for, for men, it, because we learn mostly by modeling, you know, again, with, with that driving uh, analogy, you have to make a strong, move to get out of those grooves. And perhaps, um, perhaps we're, we're in that rut. Perhaps we haven't had um, some strong models that, that we can learn from. Or for those of us who
put such an emphasis on capability and performance, perhaps there's a little fear of failure. Well, maybe I don't even want to approach that because I don't want to seem like or I don't want to fail there. And, and then perhaps there's a few of us here who feel like we're disqualified. Perhaps I've failed so many times, I've broken so many commitments that no one will believe me if, if I say I'm going to make these kind of commitments. Well, I don't want to digress too much into the negativity. What, what I do want to bring us to is a point of hope, okay? That our God is, our perfect Father will show us. He demonstrated, you know, Jesus modeled the perfect commitment. I mean, the ultimate commitment. And our Father in heaven sent his Son so that we may be reconciled. I want to draw you to, uh, I want to draw your attention to uh, the passage in your, in your bulletin. Um, the passage in John chapter 10, this is one of my favorite passages. It is, it's, uh, it's called The Good Shepherd. And here's what I believe really models how God feels about us. Okay. Um, just even in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And here, even comparison and contrast, the hireling versus the good shepherd. That the hireling, when the wolf or when the tough times come, they run. Whereas the good shepherd will fight and will protect his sheep. And even, I love verse 14, it says, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. And as the father knows me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I feel like my job this morning is to point us, point all of us to Jesus. And what Jesus then does is point all of us to the Father. The second passage there in 2 Corinthians, I love this passage because it says, um, it talks about how Jesus reconciles us to the Father. And, and again, for some of us who, um, again, may have that tough, this, you know, if this day is tough for you, just know that our Father will be from the Father to the fatherless. Okay? And I also want to encourage you that our God is a God of second chances. Okay? And that no matter what our past has been, that he will encourage us and he will enable us to, to move forward. Um, so here's, here's one, one of my big encouragements for this morning. Um, I want us to understand that commitment is not a feeling. Okay. The video talked about, you know, when the dad was kind of describing what a commitment to a puppy is, that perhaps when we feel like when we're done playing with a puppy or we have to pick up the duties or, or, or feed it and walk in the middle of the night, whatever it may be, that there may be, even if you just think about your current commitments, there's going to be times when you're not going to feel it, just plain and simple. You're going to be tired, you're going to be discouraged, okay? But that's where I think it differentiates a true commitment because it is a decision, it's a choice, okay? Um, I want to kind of, uh, I want to kind of wrap up uh, my session with, uh, with some exhortation, some practical exhortation on this topic of commitment. First of all, 
seek the Lord in solitude and in community. Now note that there's two parts to this. Okay. The solitude part speaks to you and the Lord. Because okay. again, when it comes down to it, it's your relationship with the Heavenly Father. That is the most important thing. And Jesus talks about your prayer closet, something you do all on your own. Okay. And um, the second part is the one of community. Okay. Um, even today, what we're doing today is we're, we're, we're coming together in community to worship together, to celebrate this day, okay. and, and share. And I, I just want to encourage you if, you, if you are not part of a, a, a small group where, where so much of growth happens, um, as I said, that, that's one thing my father didn't do for me, but much of my growth as a man of God has been through this, some wonderful men's group that I was involved in. And that's where we pray together, encourage each other, support each other, and when needed, lovingly rebuke each other. All right. um, so secondly, I want all of us to value small commitments. Okay. Now, I think this is an issue of integrity. Um, I really believe in the principle that he who can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. That what you don't think is important or is insignificant, thinking, oh, well, I'll just take care of it later, or I'll, I'll just blow that off, and I'll, I'll make it up to, to him or her. Okay. Um, when you are faithful in those small little things, seemingly insignificant things, I believe you build momentum in becoming a man of, or a, or a woman of commitment. Okay. And again, that, if, you think, if you think you could kind of ignore all of that and all of a sudden one day kind of be uh, noted, known as a, as, a, as a person of commitment, it's, it's, it's a process. And even now, I mean, as I talk about fatherhood, I have a long way to go in terms of being, learning all aspects of fatherhood. But I think that's also the beauty of our walk with the Lord, that it is a process. It doesn't happen. I mean, when you actually receive the Lord, that's one point in time. But from there on out, it's just a process of growth. Okay. Um, thirdly, I would like us to prioritize our time. Now, that may seem initially a little out of place uh, with this topic, but there is a strong correlation between time and commitments. I mean, how many times do you hear, well, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Okay. I want to share with you one thing I learned from a, a John Maxwell seminar about two, three years ago. He is a, he's a noted speaker on, on leadership and in, in, in Christian circles as well as outside the Christian community. And he said this. There's one thing I still remember from, from that teaching. He said, there's no such thing as time management. There's only priority management. What that says is if you have your priorities straight, that, that really everything else will take care of itself. I mean, if you, if you have 85 things that you've got to do this week, perhaps if you look at that list, maybe the, the top 10 or top 15 things are the most important. And I would even say, not what is your priority, but even who is your priority. Um, Pastor Terry alluded to it. Um, you know, time. Well, let me say, it has been said, I've heard recently it's been said that uh, the most valuable commodity today is not money, but it's time. Okay? And that just even by looking at our calendars, we can see where our priorities are. Or, again, who our priorities are. Okay. Um, so I want to um, 
I want to kind of wrap up by challenging all of us. Again, with, with the hope that God gives us and with, this, with, the, with the principle that our, our, life of, of, uh, our life worth giving is a journey and that it's a growth process and that our God will heal and erase what our past was about. Okay. Um, so, my hope, that, my hope is that all of us would become a people of strong commitments. Okay. The, the, the last uh, thing I will say is uh, in your handout, um, in the bottom, I put in a, an ancient Chinese proverb. It says, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Okay. And that I, I hope that speaks to us that, again, no matter what our past has been, that even starting from today, that we would put an emphasis on this aspect of commitment. Well, we're going to close with a, with a special song and a time of giving for our community. But first, uh, let me close in prayer. <sighs> Loving Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for showing us what commitment is all about. And I pray for everyone here, Lord, that each one of us would be a people who would model commitment. And that those of us who need the healing touch on this potentially difficult day, Lord, I pray your healing hand upon them, Lord. May you minister to them, Lord. May you let them know that you are the father to the fatherless, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, may we all take a proactive step forward, Lord. With your help, Lord, may we be um, people of, of commitment. I pray all this in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.